The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. The city of brotherly love 
was located in Asia Minor in what is today called Turkey. This is one of two churches that were addressed by Jesus who received no rebuke, but only encouragement and love. Smyrna and Philadelphia. I could summarize for you very quickly the message that was given by Jesus. It was simply endure suffering, stay close, keep my word, and you can withstand anything. One of our listeners, someone I've come to consider as a friend, even though I've never met, wrote a a thank you note to me. Thanks for the messages. And then she writes, Hi, Pastor Ray. I read something recently. Quote, Every sin we ever commit is the result of the hard, unbroken self taking up some attitude of pride. And it's signed Gail from California. Gail, thank you. Your notes always encourage me, and they're very thoughtful. I've been praying about this message. I've been sharing it with some of you as I've been able to begin writing some thank you notes. The message is right. There is before us, each one, an open door, an open door of blessing. And the only thing that can block that open door of blessing, the only thing that can cause Jesus to close that door of hope and blessing, is if I harden my heart in some pride and sin against him, Sin always comes, rebellion always comes out of some attitude of pride. This morning I was awakened early, sometime around five o'clock, and immediately I began to pray. And I told the Lord, I am absolutely committed to you, Jesus. And I am absolutely committed to holiness. And that's what you've been giving to me. I began to recount all of the wonderful blessings that he has bestowed on me. And I also recognized that I, like those dear believers in Philadelphia, I am weak. And I have no basis for pride. I have no basis for arrogance. I'm not somebody. I'm simply a servant of the Most High God. And when I begin to feel fearful, it's because there's some hardness of pride in my heart. 
if I begin to feel like God is not treating me the way I need to be treated. He's not moving quickly enough for me. I'm reminded that Jesus said to me, audibly, like we're talking right now, wait upon the Lord. I'm not a very good waiter. I like action. I want to go. And then he said, the Lord will carry you through. And I treasure both of those. And those are the blessings that he's been bestowing on me. He carries this radio broadcast month by month. He moves in your heart to give. He carries me physically, emotionally, spiritually. He pays for the house. He carries me. And his promise was he would carry me through. Those are very precious promises to me. But then he spoke, after a brief hesitation, a third clear word. He said to me, Rest in me, Ray. Rest in me, Ray. Those words have so warmed my heart, and so encouraged my spirit. They go very well with the book of Hebrews, the fourth chapter, where there is yet a Sabbath day's rest. A Sabbath day's rest. I was raised in a home that observed the Sabbath from sundown Friday night until sundown Saturday night. I remember the joys of those days of childhood, particularly the Sabbath days, where we would go to the woods and study and pick flowers and come home and press them and identify them, or tree leaves. We would build books of, of pressed flowers and plants, I also remember those joyful hours spent listening to Mother reading as she read to us old classics of the Christian faith. Those books today are very precious to me. Resting. Oh, there was lots of work to be done but it was rest time. Well, today, I'm resting in Jesus. I'm trusting him to open this broadcast and cause revival to begin to spring up. I'm trusting him to touch your heart and cause you to also enter into that door of hope that is opened to the Philadelphia Church a door of blessing, 
where you have left your sin, where you stand clean before Jesus. I'm trusting that there are many of you listening to this broadcast who have renounced all darkness and all sin. And now you're waiting upon Jesus. I'd be interested if you'd like to share. Send me a note. Tell me what you're waiting upon Jesus for. I'm waiting upon Jesus for some very personal things. But I'm primarily waiting upon Jesus for revival. I'm waiting for Jesus to open the door to win the lost to Jesus by sending forth his mighty power in the Holy Spirit. We as a church just have not gotten the job done in my lifetime. And I've been a Christian for many, many years. It's time for the door to be open to radical revival and reformation in the American church. We are an exceedingly wicked church. We have compromised with darkness. And I repent for the church. But I will have nothing to do with it personally. And the National Prayer Chapel will have nothing to do with the darkness. We are going to stand, though the heavens fall, and believe that Jesus is about to pour out his fire of revival upon this land, and that then that revival will carry us all the way through until he comes in the clouds of glory. I am expecting day by day for the outbreak of the Holy Spirit Some of you are saying, I'm waiting on a rapture. Well, you know what? I want to go to heaven too. But there are countless numbers of people out here who have some memory of loving Jesus. I don't want to see those precious ones swept away. There are also precious pagans, Buddhists, Hindus, that if they heard the message of the gospel under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, they would quickly repent of their of their evil gods, and they would seek Jesus with all their heart. So do I want to go to heaven? Absolutely. I would like to leave today. I am, I am done with this world. There's nothing here that attracts my heart. I'm finished with this wicked place. Oh, but my brother, my sister, my heart is so gripped for the lost. My heart is so broken. Tomorrow, I won't be here for the broadcast. There will be a pre-recorded message. One that has not ever aired on the radio. On the church of Laodicea. Let me tell you where I'll be, and please pray for me. 
I will be doing a funeral for a cultural Christian man. His wife is Buddhist. And many others who will be there will not be Christians. I'm already weeping for them and saying, Lord, would you take this opportunity to give me the words that will touch their hearts in this time of brokenness and sorrow, to draw them unto yourself, Jesus. The wife of the man who died is a very precious woman. She's a woman of of worldly success. She's a woman with many friends and people who love her. But she doesn't know Jesus. There are many like that. And I'm standing by faith for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in great power to rebuke the church for its wickedness and to call the church to repentance and to be crucified with Christ. And I'm standing by faith for the power of the Holy Spirit to rescue from the fire the unbelievers. That's the cry of my heart. It has to happen. And today, some of you who are listening, you're still walking in wickedness before God. You're doing things that you know are wrong. The Holy Spirit has been pleading with you to turn aside from that, and yet you have not done so. May I add my voice to the voice of the Holy Spirit and plead with you today to renounce all sin in your life, if there be such. For there is before you an open door of blessing and hope. Today is yet the day of salvation. The Almighty God of heaven loves you. And he wants to save you. And you cannot be saved in your sin. You must be saved from your sin. You cannot trust some past experience of saying, oh, I'm saved because of this and this. No. You're either saved from your sin or you're not saved. And it requires a great deal of humbling of our hearts to confess our sin before Almighty God, to weep before Him, to cry out and say, Lord, save me. I have watched in my own life. As a young man, I was consumed with anger and Violence, fighting. And I finally cried out to God 
and he simply removed it. It was gone. There was a time when my heart was filled with lust. I cried out to God. It was simply gone. He removed it. I didn't struggle against it. He just took it. There was a time when what was most important to me was to please other people, to keep people happy, to not be in conflict. I cried out to God about that. He took my pleasing nature away. He said to me, I'm going to make you into a threshing sledge with new and sharp teeth. And he's done that. If you listen to this broadcast, you would probably agree with me. Yesterday was a pretty straight message. True, every word. But it was obvious I was not trying to please you or gain your approval. I have no time for that foolishness. I only desire to lift up the cross of Jesus Christ and the risen Lord and call you to be crucified with Jesus and to rise up and renounce all wickedness in your heart and ask Jesus to totally deliver you. Righteousness is a free gift from Jesus and you have a right to ask for it and he will give it to you. So as we come to the church at Philadelphia, the church of brotherly love, and it was a church of brotherly love, they were so oppressed by the angry Jewish people who had not accepted Jesus Christ and renounced him. They were constantly persecuting those who had turned to Jesus Christ as their Lord and as their Messiah. Let's just look at this. This gives me great courage. These are the words of him who is holy and true. Jesus is set apart. He is holy. He's righteous. And he's true. He's trustworthy. He'll never betray you. It says, who holds the key of David. The key of David is referred to in Isaiah. Jesus is fully God, but he is also the son of David. And he has received the key of David. That is, as it says, what he opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. In other words, Jesus is moving in your life right now. He's opening doors of opportunity for kingdom building. He's opening doors of opportunity for work because at work is where we witness for Jesus Christ, with our friends as well, with neighbors, yes. But our primary place of witness is where we work. 
don't make the mistake of having Jesus open a door for work and you think that it's only about money and not about building the kingdom of God. See, I've placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength, yet you've kept my word and have not denied my name. I have little strength. But I have not denied the name of Jesus. I have not walked away and said, I'm going to do my own thing. Enough of this ministry business. It hasn't met my expectations. I'm still nothing. Oh, praise God, I'm still nothing. I can't afford pride. I can't afford arrogance. It's too expensive. It grieves the heart of God from us. I have little strength. But the word says that in my weakness, his strength is made complete. It doesn't say that in my strength, he's even stronger. It's in my weakness that his strength is made complete. It says, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. I will make those who are of the synagogue of Satan, who claim to be Jews, they are not. They are liars. I will make them come and fall down at your feet and acknowledge that I have loved you. He's saying, don't worry about the people who scorn you. Right now, it looks like they're very successful. I look back. In high school, I was I was a fighter because I was angry. I was a farm boy, and my parents sent me to a pretty sophisticated boarding school, Christian boarding school. They wanted to help me on the way to becoming a pastor. And I was bullied. Thus I fought. I wouldn't take it laying down. I could get beat up, but I was going to get some blows in. Here it's saying, I'm going to make those bullies come. And they're going to fall down at your feet, and they're going to acknowledge that I've loved you. Well, many of those from high school who were such bullies have now passed on. They're no longer here. They've gone to judgment. I don't know the outcome of that judgment. But I have walked in such a sense of Jesus' love for me. And as I come and I I talk about these things, I want you to have a very real, conscious awareness of how much Jesus loves you, of how precious you are to him, how he guards your life, how he protects you from the enemy, how he puts a hedge of protection around you like he did around Job. 
I want you to have a sense of of doors opening before you. And if the door is not open before you, if you are stuck, I want you in that place just to begin to praise Jesus. Because only Jesus has the key that opens the doors for your life. I want you to wait on him. I want you to patiently praise and worship him. Now, as I said, I'm crying out to the Lord to move in revival power. What am I doing while I'm waiting on him? I'm praising him and I'm worshiping him. As I wait for him to cover the cost of the radio, am I down on my face moaning and saying, Oh, God, poor me, I don't have the money to pay for radio for this. No, come on. I'm praising him and I'm saying, Lord, you've paid every month. You've sent me to this radio. If you don't pay it, it's because I'm finished here and you have another assignment for me. But I'm going to just stand by faith. I'm going to praise you and honor you and I'm going to glorify your name. Praise God. I want no part of my life given to moaning, groaning, and complaining. I am not a moaner. I'm not a groaner. I'm not a complainer. I have renounced those in the name of Jesus. Fear has been a driving force for many years in my life. I finally asked Jesus if he would remove all fear from my heart. And he has done that. My confidence is in Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about just for heaven. I'm talking about for food, for shelter. I'm talking about every aspect of my life. I trust Jesus. Now, as I've gotten older, there are some physical issues that I face, some limitations. I get tired sooner. And all the Lord says to me is, rest. I'm not going to groan and complain about whatever happens to me, whether in the physical, the emotional, the spiritual. Groaning and complaining and walking in fear only cause Jesus to be displeased with us because it's unbelief. And he's saying to these precious people in Philadelphia, You have kept my command to endure patiently. I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come upon the whole world to test those who live on the earth. We are right now at that knife edge point where we are facing incredible tribulation and destruction in America and in the Western world. He said, endure patiently. He said he would keep us from the hour of trial that's going to come upon the whole world to test those who live on the earth. I'm coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one can take your crown. He 
who overcomes, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. In the city of Philadelphia, archaeologists tell us that they erected pillars to honor people they wish to recognize. And Jesus is saying to these humble people, not only am I going to make you a pillar, you're going to be a temple pillar. You're going to be in my presence for eternity. Never again will he leave it. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which is coming down out of heaven from my God. Sometimes people will ask me, Pastor, what's your address? And I'll say to them, oh, let me give you my address. It's Revelation 21. And they look at me very strangely. And I say, yes, haven't you heard about it? It's called the New Jerusalem. It's where God lives. That's my home. That's where I'm going. I'm moving there soon. I want you to catch this. I want you to grab a hold of it for your life. You have you have endured patiently. Now, patiently means not grumbling, but rather rejoicing patiently. Not impatiently, not with words of anger or bitterness. Are you disappointed with your life? If you could live it all over, would you live it differently? I've made some very poor decisions in my life. In fact, many years ago, a businessman said to me, after I had made a a financial blunder with the church. He met me for lunch and he said, Pastor, you have very poor judgment. What you did was wrong. I said, yes, it was wrong. It was a poor decision. Please, how do I gain good judgment? (laughs) He laughed. He said, learn from your mistake and don't make it again. He's right. The Lord has called us to grow up, to mature, to not make those same mistakes. And many times when we've made mistakes, we've brought great suffering upon ourselves, and we'd like to blame somebody else, or we'd like to blame God. No, take responsibility for what you've done and what you've said. and Take responsibility for the mistakes you've made, as well as the sins you've committed. For the Lord has for us an open door of hope, a blessing. And we simply acknowledge that we love Jesus and that we're not going there again. And his promise is he will keep us from the hour of trial that's going to come upon the whole world 
to test those who live on the earth. Now, I don't know how he's going to do that. Is he going to take us to heaven before the great hour of tribulation? There are some who believe that. I don't find that, frankly, in the scripture, but I don't argue with people who do believe that because, frankly, we'll know when he comes. But there is one thing I know. He will keep me from the hour of trial. How will he keep me from the hour of trial? By hiding me in himself. By providing for me in himself. By covering me with his pasak, his wing, gathering us like chicks under his wings. Jesus is just not into us being power people. He's wanting us to be humble people, recognizing that he is the Lord. He is the Savior. He wants us to listen. And he wants us to continue obeying him. Are you a good listener? The Lord has had to deal with me on an old habit in my life, which was constantly being attuned to the news. And then when the YouTubes came out, I became very much attuned to the political, the financial YouTube channels. And I've had to stop listening to them. I've had to turn aside from them because they filled me with all kinds of information, but it was not saving information. Instead, he wants that time with me reading the scriptures. I used to be very much caught in the, in the television, in the entertainment of the day. I don't go there anymore. I don't go to movies. I don't go to the ball games. I don't go to the professional sports. I used to. I used to have big football parties at my house. I had to repent for that. I don't do that anymore, and I don't attend football parties anymore. In fact, I don't go to parties at all. I'm not interested. I'm not interested in sitting around with people who are drinking, who are boisterous, uncouth. I'm interested in people who have humble hearts, who seek the face of Jesus, who want to talk about Jesus and who want to talk about the scriptures. I'm on my way to heaven. I don't have time to play with this place of 
plague, darkness, and evil. But I want to pull as many as possible out of the fire and get their steps set toward heaven. Have you renounced wickedness in your life? Or are you still caught in it? Have you renounced evil? Have you renounced lying and cheating and stealing? Have you renounced pride and fear, arrogance? Have you renounced the sins of the flesh? Are you are you given to Jesus? He says, I'm coming. I'm coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one can take your crown. You have a crown right now laid up in heaven for you if you're made righteous by the blood of Jesus and you've renounced your sin and you've You've given the full control of your life over to your Lord and Master, Jesus. You have a crown laid up for you. He says, he who overcomes, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. This is for people who hold on to what they have and don't allow the enemy to come and steal it away. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which is coming down out of heaven from my God. And I will also write on him my new name. I don't want the mark of the beast. I want the mark of Jesus Christ. I want to be marked forever as a part of the bride of Jesus. I want to wear his ring. Says he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. How do you stand today? Are you a part of the the Philadelphia church? Are you alive in Jesus? Do you love him? Is that love evidenced by the holy life you lead? Or are you walking in wickedness and rebellion, determining what you want and how you're going to walk? Is your life consumed with complaining? Are you a glutton? a glutton for food, desserts, ice cream? Are you a glutton for entertainment? Are you a glutton for for wine? For alcohol? For drugs? For sex? Are you a glutton? Or have you turned to Jesus? 
And is he your Lord and your master? There is before you today an open door of hope. There is before you today an open door of hope. And Jesus is calling you to enter that door. And nobody can close it except except you. By rejecting it and not going through it. I praise God for each one of you who today with me rejoice in the fullness of salvation in Jesus Christ. I praise God for those of you who are earnestly seeking the face of Jesus as I am. I praise God for those of you who are committed. You are heaven bound. You are on the journey toward the celestial city and you're not going to be turned aside by anything the devil can throw at you and he will throw everything at you. But through it all, you're going to endure. You're going to keep close to Jesus. You're going to hold on and obey the word of the Lord. And you know what? Satan can't touch you. Because Jesus is writing his name on your forehead. He has claimed you as his own. Isn't that a glorious hope we hold? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I lift before your throne each person who is listening to this broadcast today or who will listen in the future. And I ask, Almighty God, that you will open the door of salvation before them, that you will swing it wide open and that they will run through that door. And Lord, I rejoice in those brothers and sisters who have already run into the kingdom of God, who have renounced wickedness, who've renounced every known sin, who have turned to you with joy, who do not grumble, who do not complain, who do not grow angry, but rather those who patiently endure as we wait for your deliverance from the hour of trial that is now coming upon the earth. Lord, I praise your name and I worship you. You are the mighty one of Israel. And the enemy has no power to steal us out of your hand. For you have given us a place of assurance. You've given us a place of mercy. And you have strengthened us to be able to stand against the enemy. Lord, I praise your name. I worship you. Thank you. Glory, glory, glory to the name of Jesus. Majesty of heaven, I worship you. King of kings and Lord of lords. Son of man, son of God. 
I worship you with my brothers and my sisters. Lord, we lift our hands in praise and adoration, glorifying you. We say, Hallelujah, Jesus is our Lord. Thank you, mighty God. Thank you, Jesus. I pray in your holy name. Amen. I'd like to talk just for a moment about where we stand financially. We're close to the end of the month. The bill is due at the end of the month. Those of you who have walked with me for a while know that I just stand by faith each month. And the Lord supplies all that we need to pay for the radio broadcast. A dear, a dear believer sent to us $500 yesterday. I am so grateful, brother, that you were willing to do that for Jesus in the work of the gospel. We are now $1,014.80 short of having enough to cover the radio bill for the month of June. I just stand by faith that Jesus will move in your hearts to give as he leads you. Thank you. I am humbled by your kindness. I'm humbled by your eagerness to participate in the work of the gospel. Please pray for me. Pray for this radio broadcast. Pray that the word will go forth like the leaves of autumn. We need thousands of people to be downloading these messages. They are of the Spirit of God. Please pray that God will open the windows of heaven and pour out his Holy Spirit. I know it's time. We're right at the edge of the time of trial that's coming upon the whole world to test those who live on the earth. I know we're right at that point today. I'm not afraid. I am concerned, not for me, but for those of you who still walk in wickedness, who have not made the ultimate commitment I'm concerned for you. And some of you are not Christian at all who listen to this broadcast. I'm concerned that you would turn your face to Jesus and acknowledge that he is the Christ, the Messiah, and that you would receive him as such in your heart. And that you would let him make you righteous, for real, totally transform and change your life. He's there for you. He will do that. So, I'm standing by faith for the broadcast to be covered. I'm standing by faith that you are seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and that everything else will be added unto you. My brother, my sister, This is a very serious time 
in which we live. We live when a nations are threatening one another with atomic weapons. We're living in a time when nations are rising up against nations with wars and rumors of war on every hand. That was all foretold in Matthew 24. They're the beginning of birth pangs. The world is going to be tested. We are about to see the unveiling of demonic entities who will claim that they are the Christ. We're about to see alien creatures, interdimensional creatures, who are demons. They're going to tell you that Jesus Christ was created by them. Don't believe them. They're liars. They're demons. They will come as angels of light, but they are not. Bury your heart in the Word of God and trust yourself to Jesus. I love you, my brother, my sister. God bless you. I'll talk to you soon.